Blog Talk Radio. Oh. Oh. Something oh. doesn't sound right. I don't know. Something, something's going on with the console here. Something, something's wrong with the video. I, something's, I don't know what, what's, what's going on. Special guest from a grave interest, the Tombstone Tourist herself, Joy Neighbor. <laughs> so prepare yourself for some chilly stories and... I'm sorry, is this... This red tastes funny. It, oh, it's blood. <laughs> oh. Oh, and don't be alone or, you know, in the dark. Um, it's a disclaimer thing. <laughs> and now, all about one you have is wrong. Thank you, Tom. All right. Oh, boy. <laughs> We didn't have the applause, but we did have the zombie people this time. You know, oh, I, I, I had to. I had to. I had to turn on some lights. That that had me the little you know goose bumpy and all that. So that it's a good oh, thing. Yeah. Joy, is that you sitting there? It's me. Oh, okay. I thought I saw you. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. Well, welcome back to All About Wine. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's Halloween special with, with Joy. Yes. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're getting typecast there. Uh, um, so how long has it been uh and, and you know you're going to guess and you're going to be wrong because we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago and we thought he was just on like two months before and it was way back in March when he was on. So yeah. you know the time just gets so messed up. Oh. And, yeah. Yeah. This is like the year that's gone for four. So yeah, um, <laughs> really. Yeah, at least you know a couple of years, maybe more. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but oh, it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, it, it's good to have you back. Let's uh, uh, let me give me a second here. I want to make a couple of quick announcements about other shows that we've had, and I've been amiss at not saying so. But uh, Jim uh, Lachlan 
has a couple of ebooks out. So if anyone's interested in that, check those out. Uh, it's, I believe it's on our Facebook page information there. And also, War and Wine, a movie that is online about uh, Lebanon and the story of making wine during the wars there and all that. Very interesting movie. All proceeds from that movie goes to uh, Children's Hospital in Lebanon. And so, you know, none of it's going to the author. We had the two directors and the author on a couple of weeks ago, but the, it is now released. And so check that out. And again, all proceeds from that movie, which is well worth sitting down and watching, uh, goes to the Children's Hospital in Brit, I think. So, so okay, I want to get those out of the way. I have been forgetting to say those every week, and they were guests on the show, and I always like to promote them. And I have forgotten until now. So, so okay. You are still writing the Joy's Joy of Wine, or you are not still writing Joy's Joy of Wine? I've taken a short vacation for like two years. Okay, okay. I keep <laughs> keep looking, and it's the same article over and over, and I'm thinking, boy, she needs to get new material. Mm-hmm. So it it's just <laughs> you haven't written. <laughs> well, right. I, I got this silly idea to go for an MFA and oh. suddenly I didn't have time. Oh, okay. So, so I graduated in May. So so yes, I did. Oh. I did. I did. I get an MFA. Uh you know, this is something like you tell your parents and they go, Oh yes, I got an MFA yeah, in playwriting. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, say MSA closed, for, so. the, for the listeners. MSA explain. Uh, oh, it's called yeah. it's a master's in fine art. And okay. um, I wanted one forever. And, uh, you know, I do the writing. I love doing the writing. And it was just that um, I didn't know I was a playwright. Uh-uh. <laughs> I to go for creative nonfiction. And my second semester, I thought, you know, I've been a reporter all my life. I need to learn how to write dialogue. So, uh-huh. okay, playwriting is going to make me write dialogue. So I signed up and I took the semester and the guy who was my mentor, uh, the first time he met me, he said, you realize you're already a playwright? Because I had written two plays, you know, to get <laughs> in. And I was like, um, well, actually, yeah. that's what I was hoping to learn. And he's like, oh, no, oh, no, Ooh. you know how to do this. <laughs> yeah, here's your like, degree, go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I save the money and do this? But no, it didn't work that way. <laughs> But I have had um, a 10-minute play that was done in New York, and I have written two full-length plays. Um, I do a lot of activism plays. So one Uh deals with uh, Jane Todd Crawford from Kentucky, who was a pioneer heroine. She is the reason we had abdominal surgery. That was 1809. Oh! And the second uh, is about Alberta Jones, who was a civil rights activist. Uh, from Louisville, and in 1965, she was killed, and the police basically swept all the information under the rug. So the murder has Uh, not been solved in 55 years. So I'm on a mission for that one. Oh, okay. And right now I'm working on a TV pilot uh, based on Jane's story. So I'm I'm having fun with it. Yeah, it sounds like. And during all this, you even have time to come on All About Wine. I just, I really appreciate that. That's, I did, can I get a plug in? 
Sure. As okay. many as you want. I have a book out. All right. <laughs> I did get that done. So it's called The Family Tree Cemetery Field Guide and Penguin Random House Hazard. So if you want to go out to the cemetery and do your genealogy and you want to know what the symbols mean on the stones and you just, you know, you don't want to think of it quite as a spooky place, grab the book and head out. We talked about that when you were last on a couple of three years ago about the book you were going to write and about the the symbols and all that other stuff. So I'm glad to hear that you finally got around to doing that. Is it available on Amazon? Yes. What is uh, what is the title, the full title of it, so our readers can go and get a copy, our listeners, I should okay. say. It is the Family Tree Cemetery Field Guide, and Penguin Random House put it out. And you can go to Amazon. Um, you can go on any bookstore site. You might be able to go into the bookstore and find it in the genealogy section, especially this time of year. I took my granddaughter to Barnes and Nobles in Louisville uh, when it came out a couple of years ago, and I have a picture of her holding it up, like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, oh, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, fake cover so you can just look good in the store. That's huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was legit. <laughs> Carried around with you the fake cover. Oh, well, congratulations! That's that's fantastic. That's uh, thank you. Quite, a, quite an accomplishment in itself. Um, it every fun. time I think of writing a book, I think, oh, no, that's just too much trouble. And so then I go play golf instead or something. You know? and so. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting exercise. That's good. That's, okay. that's good, too, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good there. You're working at a brewery now. Is that correct? Distillery. A distillery. Okay. okay. Yes. So a distillery of spirits. Um, and I have um, – actually, I'm going to close with that story where I'm working or and what. It's haunted. I mean, I, we are near Louisville, Kentucky, and, gosh, there are so many distilleries here, and so many have spirits other than kind of drink. Ah. So I've got lots of stories. Well, good. <laughs> good. We'll, uh, we'll address those shortly here. Uh, we we – have talked in the past to you about the cemeteries and being haunted in cemeteries and stuff like that. And we mm-hmm. talked about the difference. And in fact, I have quoted you to different friends quite a few times. And on the fact that we, you know, find different spirits in different places. And one of the things that I tried to pursue and there's absolutely no information on it is the fact that places that are haunted, East of the Mississippi, just as a, an arbitrary line, east of the Mississippi tends to be Civil War soldiers and and early settlers and stuff like that, whereas those west of the Mississippi tend to be Indian spirits and uh, uh, old cowboys, if you will, and stuff like that. And it just seems yeah. odd that it's divided up. And I've tried to look up stuff to find out if there was anything – on that, and there isn't. There's nothing at all I can find anywhere that addresses that phenomenon. I haven't come across anything either. You're right. Yeah, but it's it's just an odd thing that just it's something I've tried to pursue, and there's you can't because unless I do it myself, and then again I start thinking about it, I go play golf. So 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it, it just is something that's odd. It's something that we we talked about when we were talking about the the spirits of different places on the wineries in this country and the mm-hmm. you know the ones you know it seems to fit that pattern for some reason. So yeah, uh, odd, just just odd. But for for the new listeners out there, we have talked to different wineries that are haunted and uh, Joy has visited uh, many wineries in different places that are haunted over her her career if you will and there's uh, Brelvore Winery in Liberty, Missouri just northeast of Kansas City that has been on uh, Ghostbusters on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, they've, they have been uh, special on them on that, and they are haunted. And then there's also uh, one not the Bunker Hill, not too far from uh, Tampa down here. It's uh, haunted by Indian spirits. Doors close behind them and locked, so they have to carry their keys with them and stuff like that. So the haunted wineries are all over them. Haunted businesses, haunted distilleries and and all this stuff is all over the place and whether you believe in it or not is try it's hard to try to explain some things without thinking on the lines of uh well this is haunted so uh and tomorrow being halloween the day after tomorrow today's 29th day after tomorrow being halloween right. uh, it's uh becomes even more noticeable uh, the haunted haunts out there. Uh, now, Mike, you you there? Uh, Mike gets busy on on one of these shows now, tweeting out stuff and and doing all taking notes <laughs> and everything. He just sort of disappears from us uh, for a while. Well, I, just, I was typing, yeah, I was typing stuff, and I didn't want you to hear my stupid keyboard clacking. <laughs> okay, stop. You know. Well, that's why whenever I ask you if you have anything, I always talk for another 30 seconds or so to let you disconnect and get ready and then come on. So, Well, thank you. I, I think my uh, my keyboard is like one of those old-style typewriters, you know, the manual ones. <laughs> they were, what was, it was like an upright piano or something. It's about the same size as one. That's what my, my keyboard sounds like. Might as well. Anyway, but uh, – yeah, I know. I know you have stories, and I and I did go to your uh, a grave interest site. You're still operating that because you do have some new yeah. stories, and you have references to your book. And and I'm just like, oh, great, yay! We <laughs> we still keep you know. Cool. It's interesting to read. Uh, yeah, your your uh, blog, your a grave interest. Anybody out there? It's it's on. Um, I forgot what the it's a grave interest. Uh, blog, uh, what is it? Dot blogspot. Graveinterest.blogspot.com. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you want some, want some cool stories? She has photos in there and everything. It's just great. So uh, go visit the site and and um, and also uh, there's information on your book there. So um, uh, really cool. So it was good to to catch up. That was great. Yeah. I'm cool, I'm into cemeteries. I have I have no problem with cemeteries. I think they're fascinating <laughs> and and very. I like looking at the history and, you know, Oh, how far does this one go back? You know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah so it's, it's a, it's a mutual interest, but uh, 
you got the title, and I and I saw this on your blog because I included in the video the Tombstone Tourist. Is that yes? Is that something, something I was wondering? Is when you go to a particular town, I don't know if you you know you do a lot of travel that kind of thing. You make plans around the cemetery, or while you're there, <laughs> you're like, oh, there's one. I'll just go step in and see what's there. I mean, how do you, you know, what do you do when you travel? Is it is it on um, your to do list? I've, I've been. <laughs> I've been going um, around with my book and speaking at different places. And when I go, I will see what the main library, or excuse me, library, what the main cemetery is. And um, people will actually come up afterwards and say, oh, well, go to this one. Oh, what about this one? Do you know about this one? And they're giving me directions. I've had people lead me out to them before. Wow. (laughs) It's really cool to be able, you know, to talk to the people who will say, okay, well, just let me give you a little history here. And they'll walk me through the cemetery and tell me stories. So it is fantastic oh, to get that information. That's great. Yeah. It is. I, I've been to a few, and I've never had that happen. Mostly it's like, you know, get off the, get off the lawn and, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. But, you know, that's right. Yeah, that's, okay. That's, I haven't been to one in a long time, but you, you've kind of re-sparked that interest in, so maybe uh, I'll go one oh, with, one. And, with this book, that would be a good motivator, yeah. too, it seems like, yeah. It's good. It's in it, hard it's, print, too. Cause, uh, yeah. Is there a, a clearinghouse for cemeteries? I mean, you know, is there a, a website saying, okay, where <laughs> is the cemetery located or anything? Actually, um, now you can Google. I mean, Google's my friend here. You can go in and Google a state and the town and the things, you know, that come up that you can look at. But like I said, it's it's when you're talking to the people in that region and they know the stories or, you know, I, I met um, a gentleman and his wife last year when I was doing a book signing telling me about a cemetery. Nobody knew about the story, but there had been a house where I guess the house was haunted and the young girl kind of flipped out and killed her parents and went to the cemetery and drove her car basically off a cliff. And the house continues to, yeah, continues to be haunted. Uh, Only she has now joined the parents in the haunting. And I was just like, Oh, this is a lot for me to take in here. He sent me the information and I thought, and there isn't anything on the internet. So I was like, oh. So the next day I was having breakfast with someone and I mentioned it. And they're like, yeah, that's kind of the town's secret. I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. I'll tell you where it is. And it was just really wild to find out that there's still things that aren't on the Internet that, you know, they, that small town folks don't want to talk about. But they will come up and tell you the story uh, when they find out mm. you're kind of a kindred spirit. Ah. No pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the uh, yeah, and you mentioned that. I'm sure there's lots of little small towns and little areas that have their own little secrets that yeah, we don't know about. We don't know about that. You know, just within the town, and you know, you're not going to be able to move into town, and all of a sudden, people are going to come up and start telling you. I mean, you're going to have to have some in, like you do with you know, your your books right. and. And that's about the only way you're going to find out that stuff. But uh, yeah, wow. A lot of a lot of people don't want to say anything because 
it's that situation of, oh, well, if I believe in ghosts and you don't, you're going to think I'm, you know, really odd. And it's like, tell me what's going on and let's, let's find out what this is. So And that's, that's true too. I mean, the people who don't believe in ghosts and don't believe in the spirits and all that, no such thing as ghosts. And then you say, Mm -hmm. well, how do you explain this? And well, it's, you know, swamp gas. And I mean, it's always, (laughs) (laughs) Always some answer that, you know, is, is. sort of flipped off as, well, that's the answer and you don't need to question it because that's it. You know, it's, uh, yeah. oh, oh, well, the, um, uh, oh, I lost my thought. Yeah. With, oh, uh, the winery that we interviewed in Virginia, uh, I can't remember the name in the winery right now, but it was funny because I talked to the girl uh, that day and I said, well, I'll call you tonight. And that's back when we were contacting people. And I said, I'll call you tonight and uh, at seven o'clock. And she says, okay. So at about six twenty, six thirty, she calls me and she says, uh, you still calling at seven? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, don't use the winery number. Let me give you my cell number. And I said, is there a problem? And she goes, no. She said, everybody went home, and I'm not going to sit in the winery by myself at night because it is haunted, so I'm going to be outside on myself. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was a great line. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm no fool. Nope. I'm outside. That's fine. I'm outside. I'm not going to be in there. And it was a good conversation. Again, it was in Virginia, and it was Confederate soldiers that were – yeah. Uh, that were haunting the place. And uh, it's just, uh, uh, again, east of Mississippi, you get Confederate revolutionary soldiers and, and stuff like that. And in the west, you get Indians and cavalry and things. So, and, uh, I, uh, I guess it would be a, a pursuit on my part to find out more about that stuff. But, you know, <laughs> I just... I'll go play golf. <laughs> uh, <Okay. laughs> I'm getting too old to sit down and try to write a book. I just No oh, no, 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 never, never. Don't think I can do it. Well, we've had some authors on the last, you know, couple of months and you know, they've you know, some of them are very proficient, like Jim Lachlan, the one I mentioned that just did a couple of e books and and so I guess I can I can learn from them and you just sit down and write it. Uh, simple as that. Any uh, special any, any special stories in the book that you would be willing to share with us? Um, well, I'll tease you with one. Okay. I have always, uh, you know, I started my genealogy in 2004, mm-hmm. and oh, you know, oh, this is really cool. We're from England and France and Scotland and Ireland. Okay, that's cool. And so I was doing, um, putting this book together, and I was getting everything done. And they came, called me, and said, "We need a story about family secrets. Do you have one?" <laughs> and I was like, um, "Yeah, okay. You've got ten days, and then we're going to take it to press. So can you get us something?" And I'm thinking, "Oh dear." Ooh. In 2004, I discovered um, a murder suicide. And I didn't pursue it. Ah. It was my fourth great-grandfather. He and my fourth great-grandmother died on the same day. 
And I was thinking, you know, oh, did the wagon turn over? Did a tornado come through? Yeah. And I found the cemetery. I walked out to the stone, and it literally said um, he murdered her and then killed himself on the stone. It said that on it? Oh, wow. (laughs) It said that, and I thought, okay, this is a little deep for somebody starting the genealogy. (laughs) And I didn't go back. And so they're saying, you've got 10 days. So I called the lady at that county library, and I told her what was happening, and I said, here's all I've got. And she said, give me a few days. And she called me in four hours and said, this is the most fascinating story I've ever come across. <laughs> she sent me all the information, and she told me the story, and I was able to put it together and get it in the book. Wow. So I, I have my, my very own uh, family skeletons are out to view. Right. Yeah. yeah so I'm no thinking, one. oh, my grandmother would just be up. Okay, girl, I told. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's, that's, you know, personal touch in all the thing there, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, was, it was exciting. Yeah, and, and that's amazing that they would put that on a, a tombstone, though. I mean, usually. The, yeah, that basically um, he had what today we would um, call like a borderline personality, almost a, a schizophrenia kind of thing. He he was one person, and he could morph into somebody else. It was like a Jekyll Hyde. Wow. And when something set him off, he would go into Hyde mode, and that's when he killed her and killed himself. And was- he had taken all of his daughters out of his will and <laughs> left only his sons. And... They all, all the children went together. They were in their 20s, 30s, 40s and fought and got all of his property. He was very well-to-do at that time, a very well-to-do farmer. And they all equally split that property. The court found in their favor that he was not in his right mind when he redid his will, which was about a year before he, he killed his wife. Wow. So, yeah, it was sort of a, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's anybody that ever asked me that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's uh, again, if people open up and start talking about some of that stuff, we'd probably find all sorts of strange and odd things out there in family histories and stuff because, uh, yeah, everyone's related <laughs> back to these yeah. old, yeah. old you know bad guys and different things that happen, you know, I mean, it's just descendants yeah. of it. People like to say, well, I'm a yeah. fourth descendant of George Washington. Nobody ever says, well, I'm the fourth descendant of, uh, of uh, Benedict Arnold or anything like that. They just, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, We're so selective on our relatives. We are, we really are. And so you can imagine some of the stories that are being uh, hidden uh, or not discussed uh, within families. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, you uh, are going. Are, are you going to? Well, are you still involved with wine? Uh, I am to a degree. Um, when I, I went to, night, Louisville, but I mean, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, well, that's how you write the book. See, <laughs> you have a glass of wine, you write the book. That's you know, okay. That's your reward that's, for sitting down and writing. <laughs> that's what I've been doing wrong. I haven't been having enough wine to write a book. <laughs> Not a reward. Yep. Yep. There that's you. true. I did a chapter. I get a bottle now. Yeah. yeah well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was a glass, but that's okay. I'll go for a bottle. Oh. Oh, gee, there's another one of my faults. <laughs> I would think bottle. <laughs> each, each chapter, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry. Uh, you, uh, so are you involved with Lyman? You know, for a while there, you were, you know, you judged the uh, uh, Finger Lakes wine yeah. competition and, and other things there. So you were really heavily involved with wine. Now you're not doing the blogs and, Becoming a playwright, and I I went over to the spirits world. It made sense yeah. with the cemetery. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, and writing and playwrights and all that other stuff now. So, gee, yeah, I, I know. Well, they all drink, so I mean, I'm yeah, staying uh, true to that part. <laughs> and so, are you looking at pursuing your 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 wine phase of your life, or is that sad to say on the back burner now? Um, right now it is on the back burner. Uh, I am, I am still playing with the, with the distillery, um, side of it, the, the, the bourbon, the whiskey. I had no idea. I mean, I, I did tours. I learned bourbon and, and, you know, tasting and all of that. And, and then we came out with a rye whiskey and I never, ever in my life would have said I was a rye whiskey girl, but Oh yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I was just like, "What am I drinking bourbon for?" <laughs> I, I like bourbon, but it was just a. I, I mean, I couldn't. I mean, this is what they drank, you know, in the old west, and I was like, I, you know, right. I can't believe this. <laughs> the sophisticated bourbon and cigar, and it's like, give me my whiskey and a cigar and a fire, and I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. I like I you know I'm I, basically I'm a scotch drinker. Uh, if someone says you can have one drink, it would, I'd probably settle on scotch. But uh, you know, bourbon's always always good. Bourbon tends to be consistent, yeah. you know, and and you can always count on that. But rye comes in so many. Uh, yes. Different. I am selective rye. Maybe I should say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it can come in so many different styles and so many it different can. incantations. Uh, can. yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. But I I, I enjoy a, a good rye. I enjoy all of them, though. You know, the Canadian whiskeys are always exciting. Mm-hmm. There's some very good ones there, and then the single malt Scotch. Again, I'm a uh, Scotch person, single malts, in my mm-hmm. opinion, are hard to beat. You know, but uh, yeah, rye. I, it's it's not something I would normally order. I, you know, but you do. You're right. It's it's an old west. You know, the cowboy walks into the bar, mm. beer. No, give me some rye. Yeah, and it's yep, that's it. Really, what it is. Yeah. So you said we, uh, you uh, are a distillery now are you working in a distillery are you part of it what is where, well, where are you? 
It's it's complicated. Uh, <laughs> I decided, you know, way back way back in the day, I wanted to do um, a tour. I do a tour. What goodness, I don't even want to call it now. Basically, I have my own. And I decided if I wanted to do that, I should do some tours. So uh, we came down to Louisville, and my husband got in the distilling industry, and I was still in wine. And there was a position open for tour guides. And I thought, oh, well, that'd be kind of fun because it's like, to me, it's like theater on the hook. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's a yeah. for a new audience. That's right. So I thought, yeah, that would be a lot of fun to do. So um, I applied. I got the job. And I worked at the distillery for two years until we closed down because of COVID. Uh, And distilleries are not giving tours. That's just, they will will sell mainly online once in a while. They'll open up, you know, if there's a special something to sell. But tours did not come back right now. So I'm kind of waiting for that. I'm I'm on the list, but it's that situation where you're going, okay, how much longer is this going to be? Because I met so many cool people and had so many fascinating conversations. And I found out I really do enjoy doing that, which is good to know considering I wanted to do my own business. (laughs) Yeah, it, it was really, it's a lot of fun. But yeah. when something like this happens, you know, it's it's like I said, well, I'm a playwright now and Broadway's closed, so I'm a tour guide yeah. and hospitality is closed. It's like, oh. I am really in a bad place right now. Yeah. <laughs> I what I can, can write. You pers- yeah. Writing, yeah, you don't have to worry about COVID on writing. Just, you know, writing, yeah, send that's, your that's what I got right now. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I, well, that's you know, it. this. Uh, I've I've closed the winery down. I retired basically because the doctor said I had to. I've got oh. I have well I have diabetes from Agent Orange of Vietnam, and the doctor said it's just really messing me up. So she said mm-hmm. that, you know it'd be best if I retired because of the stress and stuff. But one of the things I enjoyed about the winery, I think, as much as making the wine and all that, was the people, the people that came in and yeah. you know you're talking to them about it and all that, and it just different things. And it's always a the fascination when you say something to somebody and, and the, the light, you know, flickers on above their heads. You know, it's yes. something they've never heard. And you can really see that because it's like, oh, well, this makes sense. And and it's always fun to pass on information like that. And it's always fun to learn stuff from people, too. I, I found that to be just as exciting as passing on yeah. information. So, but, yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, that's one of the things I miss when we we close down because of because of health. I just I miss the interaction with people uh, as much as anything, and so yeah. which probably good because it would have probably had to close anyway because of COVID. We probably had to shut it down by at that time. So yeah, there are so many places that have done that. That's just it's heartbreaking. It is. It really is. And I've been preaching for the last 10, 12 months, uh, or 10 months, I guess it's been now, uh, not long, but I've been telling people, you know, visit your local wineries, visit your local places, you know, and, you know, order online, have them walk out to the curb with a, you know, a blanket over their head and hand you the food or whatever, the wine and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Use local. Yeah. Yeah. Support your locals because it's, rough on them out there. It really is. I, it is. 
I know I could not survive the winery if it were open during this stuff because it's just it's crazy. It's just the whole thing's crazy. I know. And yeah. So yeah. Um, so now you are not a tour guide. You are not a wine writer. You are a playwright. Yes, playwright, and of course a cemetery writer. So I still oh. do that. All right. Um, and I, I have for the um, past couple of years been going to Roots back in Salt Lake City, and I'm their cemetery speaker, so I'm oh. becoming the cemetery person. What 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 is it in Salt Lake? My daughter lives in Ogden, just just north. So. Oh really? Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, they do the it's the largest genealogy uh, conference in the world, and it's called Roots Tech. Roots Tech. So, Oh. Roots Tech, T E C H. Oh wow! I, I've never heard of that, and I'm going to have yeah. to let let her know because she and usually this doesn't year, well, much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next year, actually, they hold it in February, and uh, I just received the information that it will be all online, and. Oh. That was so much fun because I take my mother-in-law with me, and we would go out and we'd have a week in Salt Lake City, which doesn't really sound like it's going to be a lot of fun, but we made it fun. Oh, there's a, there's a lot of stuff around there. My daughter took me on a, a major tours around the area there, and it's it really is mm-hmm. a lot of neat stuff around there. So there is, yeah, you know, all sorts of wineries there too, and there's there's uh, yep. uh, the. Uh, Oh, and speaking of Salt Lake City, the Mormon Mormon Tabernacle, the big one, the main one that nobody yeah. can go in unless you're a Mormon. I right. read that they're closing it down for two years, renovating it, cleaning it up, doing all sorts of stuff to it. And then when they open, wow. they're going to give a period of, I don't know how long, and I want to say six months a year, but maybe less, maybe more where they're going to let in the public and let people see it. I didn't and, know. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I read that, oh, I guess it's been, it's been a few months ago now, but they're going to re- renovate it and then they're going to open it to the public for a short period of time. And I told my daughter, I will definitely come out when that opens because I, I would love to yeah. just walk through it and take a look at it. Just, it's fascinating. You know, so, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, and Actually, you know, my lineage goes back. We are actually related to some of the Mormons and stuff like that, and which I don't mm-hmm. embrace the Mormons or anything. It's just that, you know, it's distant lineage, and so therefore you go, oh, yeah, this would be cool. because. Then, so, uh, but yeah, I, I haven't seen any more on that, but that's something, you know, you might, you know, since you go out there, you might keep an eye open uh, for I that will. You know, it's, and I, you know, it was a reliable source. It wasn't like, you know, Facebook pops up and says, they're going to close the chapter. No, it was, really, <laughs> it was a real place. It was so. a real source. <laughs> yeah, it was a real, real news there, real, real, real news. So, um, all right, now I'm going to let you start telling some, some stories now uh, about the haunted and the bizarre and the weird and well, it's Halloween, so I'll let you tell your stories. <laughs> Just let me go, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you go. Yeah, you know, we'll step back right. and we'll enjoy. 
Okay. Um, well, I'll start you off uh, with, like I said, I'm mainly in distilleries, but I'll start you off with the winery story. And it is actually based on the winery I owned. And that oh. was White Owl Winery in Birds, Illinois. And it had its share of ghosts. Uh, it was located uh, on my husband's family farm. So this is where he grew up. And so we moved back there. Uh, I was I was wanting to go like to Oregon or Washington. <laughs> moved back in Illinois. So <laughs> I had to kind of go. Okay. You guess who won this that? For me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. This is the for better or worse part, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the the first time I had something happen. Um, I was alone in my office. It was uh, an October evening. Uh, it was about 8.30, and I was doing the books. And I had my dog, Murrow, with me. And we were, um, he was sitting under my desk, and I was almost ready to go home. And he got up, and he started to pace. And he turned toward the office door, which it looked out into the tank room. And the hackles raised up on his back, and he started to growl. Hmm. And I was, the doors are locked. I'm, I'm by myself. And I had a viewing window, you know, so you could watch as, as people walked by. And I looked out the viewing window, and a man dressed in buckskins carrying a long hunting rifle or gun or muzzleloader or whatever it was, it was a long gun, uh, walked past that window and went right on through the wall. Uh-huh. And for me, I, it's one of those, you know, you read this kind of stuff, but to see it scared the hell out of me. Oh, I can And imagine. I grabbed the phone, and we lived across the road, and I called my husband, and I said, you've got to get over here. And he came over, and when I stepped out into the tank room, it was freezing. Huh? And so we looked everywhere. And everything was still locked. Everything was, there was no one around and we didn't find anything. Wow. So then I realized that the place was haunted. I had, you know, weird things would happen, but I didn't think much. Uh, I could go over early in the morning and reset the tasting room or start putting up merchandise. And I had that feeling like I was being watched Uh and I could take things, unbox it, put them on the counter or put them on a display go back to my office for something. And when I came back, they were rearranged or (laughs) they were just knocked off the counter on the floor. And I'm the only person in the building and I'm thinking, Oh, I don't know if I like this. (laughs) (laughs) We were, we were growing very quickly. And so we decided to open up the other half of the building and we moved the offices back a piece and we built 150 150 seat dining room. Wow. So nothing ever happened in the office. That was that was the cool thing. The dining room was a hotbed. Uh, wow. You would hear voices, whispers, uh, shadow figures, and this is where I would hold the murder mystery dinners. And I always <laughs> thought, you know, it was it was like my little secret. 150 people are sitting around here watching the murder mystery dinner, having absolutely no idea. The room they're being observed. It's very yeah, haunted. Yes. yes. They're being observed the whole time. <laughs> yes. And we actually, one of the actors, uh, the weather got really bad. And, of course, the actors always stayed and had a glass of wine, and we sat and talked. 
And it was getting really snowy that night after the show. And he said, can I sleep on the couch in the office? And I said, yeah, that's okay. So the next morning I went over to see if he wanted to come over to the house and have breakfast and coffee. And he was gone. And the (laughs) office door was standing open. And we called up there, you know, we said, what's going on? What happened? And he would never say that he never came back to perform at the wine. He always sent other people. (laughs) <laughs> so he had uh, a run-in with one of the ghosts. And I yes, it sounds like it. One. <laughs> no, that's not glory. Everything. <laughs> yeah, everything. Exactly. Everything um, going on in that place. There was there was always the you know, movement, kind of you know, under an undercurrent. And so I had a paranormal team come in once, Did and you? they walked oh. around. And they picked up uh, the voices, and they saw the shadow people in the, in the dining room. And they basically, there was a little area outside that had grown up, uh, and we didn't cut it. People didn't want to go to it. Brian said when he was a kid, um, it was a place that had kind of a keep-out feeling, so they never went to play there. And we called it Spooker Woods. And so when they're doing their investigation. They actually walked into that and came back out, and they said, okay, we are sensing people who are here from the 1800s, and they do not want bothered. And it's like, I am not going to bother them. Wow. But I had seen red lights bob through that little area, and you could be walking by yourself past it, and you could hear voices. You couldn't hear what they said, but you could hear voices murmuring. And it's like this whole place was just Really, really haunted. Uh, I I have to ask, was there any Civil War battles or uh, even Revolutionary War battles or battles of 1812 or anything around that area? What is wild, uh, it is across the river from Benson's, Indiana, George Rogers Clark and everything that happened there. So there is some history, yeah, which tied in perfectly with the buckskinner or the the mountain man that walked through. Yeah. So you said that about, you know, east and west of the Mississippi, and I thought, oh, that just ties right in with the winery. Yeah. Because this guy could have easily um, been connected to that period of time when Clark crossed the Wabash and took Benson. So it was really a... um, you know, I you I'm not sitting in my office thinking, oh, I'm going to see a guy walk through here tonight. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. And he wasn't in the winery. He, it was like he was out, you know, hunting for a squirrel for his supper. It just he walked through the wall, and that that freaked me out the most. It there was no winery there. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't seeing a man from 200 years ago. It was the fact that he walked right through that wall. <laughs> it was just yeah. like. Oh, okay, I can't deal with that part yet. That's, you know, so, that is yeah. so odd. That, I have to tell you a quick story that uh, uh, Belvora Winery, I can't think of the owner's name, but he said that yeah. he was sitting, uh, sitting in the office one evening, and uh, Belvora is haunted. I mean, it's the history of it. It's, it's Civil War Hospital. It was a children's home. It was Oddfellows Home, all sorts yeah. of stuff over, over Oddfellows, the years. yes. Yeah, on fellas. And so he said he was sitting in the office one day, and his daughter, who was four at the time, was there. And he was p- finishing up paperwork before he headed home with her. And 
he heard her talking to someone out in the hall, and he knew no one else was there but him and her. And he said that he went out in the hall, and he says, who are you talking to? And she goes, that person there. And she goes, oh, well, she must have left. And uh, he said there was nobody in that building but those two. But she was actually talking to somebody, having a real conversation with her. Yeah, and uh, that's... So, and you know, they say children, you know, they're not that away as we are as adults. You know, the older we get, the more we may say the whole thing. And children don't yet. It's still possible. Yeah, they, so they see and hear recognize. Things we don't. Yeah. And they don't just brush oh, it off. Cool. Yeah, yeah, they. No. Yeah, but he said that she she was actually she was actually talking to somebody on the hallway there. He heard her conversation, but uh, she said oh, I was talking to that person, and they weren't there. So. Wow. Yeah, that's this one of my one of my stories from from him. That was cool. He he told a few more about how things were being knocked over and how they hear noise and all that around the place, which is which is common. I don't know why spirits think they have to knock over stuff. I you know it's just they do. Yeah, they they do. They you know whenever you talk to anybody about spirits, they say, "Oh, they've knocked this stuff over." I said, "Why? Why do they think they have to knock stuff over?" You know, it's, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know. What they do? Not. They do. Yeah, they do. But that's scary. That's you know. So how long did did you have the winery before you sold with the Cabot that they can't mess with the ghost there? <laughs> <laughs> we we had it for 10 years mm. and um it's you know we've we've moved away now and um whenever i pass it i wonder if that you know if that hunter still wanders through there every once in a while just you know even though we're not there to see it are they still there are they still or were they seeking attention i i don't know yeah that's those are good questions you you don't know and what finally makes a spirit not be around anymore is is another thing too. Yeah. Do they come they around leave? because? Yeah. Why? When do they leave? Why would they leave? Are they? Did you see them because you were receptive and other people can't see them? Uh, oh, these are all good questions. I'll have to get a hold of Joy Neighbors. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Kind of bizarre. Now, you said but, that. I get it. I got to tell you a cemetery story. Okay. I took my granddaughter, Alessa, who is now 11, uh, and she's just now starting to get an interest in going with me to cemeteries. You know, uh-huh. now it isn't something grandma does that's so bizarre. It's kind of You're right. Yeah. Now she can talk so cool about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. now she can tell her friends. You know what grandma and I did? Well, we go uh, this summer to Madison, Indiana. They have a cemetery called Springdale. And at the time, um, I was using a cane because I needed a knee replacement, and I hadn't had it yet. So I was kind of slowing me down, you know. And we walked in, and there's this huge statue of a woman who has her arms raised. And I found out later it was called Let There Be Light. Mm -hmm. And we walked up, and we were looking. I mean, it's, it's huge. We were standing there looking up at it, and I looked down. And I said, she has really big feet. And my granddaughter, who I've gone over with this over and over and over, you do or say nothing to offend the spirits in the cemetery. This is the guy. <laughs> and she was saying, don't say that. 
And so I was kidding her about it. And then we had things start to happen. Oh. So here I am with this cane, and I would stop to get a photo, and I'd lean up against my leg every single time. It would hit the ground like it was being pushed over. And Alessa <laughs> said, she didn't like what you said. And I, I'm like, well, you know, I, it, it could be a number of things. And she'd pick it up, you know, and we'd go on. And this happened the rest of the time we're in the cemetery. And so we get ready to leave, and I had a text from her mom. And she said, did you send me this? And I looked at the text, and it basically said, we're waiting for you at Circle K gas station. And I looked at her, and I said, oh, Alessa, something strange is happening. And I showed her, and she's like, who texted that to mom? And I said, I don't know. But it was my phone that texted it. So I contacted her mom, and I said, no, I didn't send that. I don't know where there's a Circle K. We're at the cemetery. When yeah. we left, when we're going outside of Madison, we're driving out of town into the Circle K gas station. <laughs> and uh, I thought, oh, this is really weird. Well, on yeah. the way home, my husband calls me, and he says, why did you call me and hang up? And I said, oh. I didn't call you. <laughs> and so I'm telling her this, and she said, see, I told you she's really mad. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. I thought, oh, you know, I I have just taught her a very valuable lesson and reminded myself: do not insult things do, in the cemetery. Do, do not insult spirits; they don't like it. Yeah. No, I mean, whatever this was was using my phone, and it reached out to her mom and to my husband, and it was like, yeah. Okay, I will not say anything about those big feet again. That's right. That's right. Yeah, wow. There's stuff out there. There is. Yeah, that one was not happy with me. Yeah, I I believe there's stuff out there, you know. And uh, you don't have to go to cemeteries to find them either. I mean, there's there's spirits roaming all over the place. Uh, I am surprised. Down here in Tampa, they have discovered a graveyard, a big graveyard underneath a school playground and they use one of these little machines that, you know, detect stuff under the ground and they've discovered Mm -hmm. a lot of them. And there's been no reports that anybody has said or that they have talked about of any spirits being around. But I almost think that there has to be when, you know, when you're building a school playground and you're building stuff over the top of a forgotten cemetery, it's like, well, yeah. the spirits aren't thrilled with this stuff, and uh, right. but and they're we're being not forgotten. Yes, exactly, and we're not hearing any reports or anything on it. And I, I, I tend to think that there are reports. It's just that they're not publishing them because that's not the quote right thing to do. And so exactly, you know, the local and news it could be just like. Right. It's just like you said, your friend who, who heard his daughter outside, you don't know how many kids are sitting out there that you think they're talking to themselves that they aren't. Yes, yes, exactly. And they, you know, it's it's just the spirits there. And and so, you know, I it, you wonder all over the place and things like this where the spirits are are roaming. And what, and I always question, what does it take? I mean, we, we think about old TV shows where they have to satisfy their 
their revenge or whatever it is they have to satisfy so they can move on. But I, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. that's just, that's Hollywood. Uh, why does, right. you know, what does it take these spirits to quit wondering or do they just enjoy it? And that's what they do. I mean, you're obviously putting, you know, uh, our alive traits on them, but maybe, maybe they enjoy it. I don't know. Yeah. Hard to say. It is hard to say. It's hard to say what what causes the, the spirits to wander around. We we think about it around Halloween because that's the classic time to yes. think about it. But they're they're out there all the time. I mean, it's just I, I, a quick story here about my personal thing. You told me a couple about you. I uh, when I met my wife, she said that uh, she has a ghost. Uh, or she called it a ghost, a spirit that watches her, that follows her, that's around. And she said she can feel its presence at different times, and, and it's it's helped her, she said, through different situations and stuff. It's just, just the presence there. And she said that it's uh, been with her for a number of years. And she said, it, you know, it'll pop in and out every once in a while. About, oh, I guess we'd been married for not even not even a year and a half, a little less than that. And I was, she was in bed, and I was coming to bed. And I got to the bedroom door, and I stopped because there was something in front of me, a person in front of me. Now there was. There was not. There was no one else in the house or anything except the two of us. But I stopped at the door, and I stood there for 30 seconds, and it moved and let me on into the room. And I mentioned this to my wife, and she said, that was probably my ghost. She says, I haven't seen it in a while. It might have been checking you out since you're here and you're around me all the time. She says, it might have been checking you out to be sure you were okay for me. Because you know wow. she was, she was in you know a previous marriage that wasn't wasn't real good, and that's when the ghost came. And mm-hmm. after that night, we never saw it again, neither one of us. And so, wow. That, uh, oh, that's cool. <laughs> that is that is that's sort of a cool story. That's, uh, and I think uh, I need to add some sound effects. Hold on a second. There we uh, go. Okay, next. <laughs> 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 I, you know, I'll tell you, tell you another story. This is another one that happened to me also. Okay. My uh, when my father passed away oh, a number of years ago now. Gee, I, it's it's been uh, thirty years or more when he passed away. Excuse me. When my father passed away, uh, he it was. I, I have two younger sisters and my mother and. I was one night I had a very, very vivid dream. This was about a week after he passed. I had a very, very vivid dream that he came to see me and he, he was wearing his robe that he always wears in the evening. He would come home and uh, get out of his tie for work and throw a robe on uh, over his pants and shirt, just something that was comfortable for him. But he was wearing his robe and he came and saw me, and he and I said, "Hi, what are you doing?" And he says, "I just want to let you know that I'm okay." 
he says, so don't worry about me. I, I'm doing great, and I'm okay. And uh, he was gone. That was the end of the dream. I didn't think anything of it after that. About two weeks after that, I was with my mom and my sisters, and we were talking about stuff. And I said, oh, I said, by the way, a couple of weeks ago, Dad came and told me that he was okay. And my youngest sister said, what night was that? And I said, I don't know. I think maybe, you know, uh, two weeks ago, Tuesday. And she goes, oh, my gosh. She said, two weeks ago, Tuesday, I had a dream that Dad came and saw me, and he told me he was okay. And I said, did he have on his robe? And she goes, yes, yes, he had on his robe. And I said, wow. Then my other sister says, me too. I go, you too? Ooh. And she, she says, yeah. She says, the same night he came and told me. Well, when dad came and saw me, I looked at him and he had his left eye was uh, like somebody punched him. Uh, it was black mm. and blue, like he had a black eye. And I asked him, I said, what happened to your eye? And he said, mom did it. And I go, oh. And I didn't think anything more of that. Well, after the three of us said that dad had came to visit us, mom said, he started with me. And I go, what? And she says, yeah. She says, I was laying in bed. She said, and I felt him next to me. She said, and I took my arm and I threw it over because I just, I wanted to be, oh, and no. she said, and I felt him next to me. And she said, and, and I said, that's where he got the black eye. And, uh, we all, th four of us, just sit there and stared at each other for a good minute. And we knew Dad was okay from that point on. We yeah. we realized he was fine. But true story, true story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. We, could, uh, we have no idea what happens. We don't, you know. And, you know, and it's just, uh, I thought that was cool. And I thought it was cool that if he can do it, I'm going to come back. And I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scare the bejesus out of my kids just because I can't. And, and my <laughs> granddaughter's made me promise I will come back and tell her. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come back and tell me all about it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. You know, maybe I have better things to yeah. do than just visit you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But yeah, it's just. Uh, uh, the spirits are out there, and if you know, if you want to pursue something just for my satisfaction, find out why we have the separation of the spirits from the east and the west. That just, you, yeah, you know, you would think that you would have more cross on there because you know we had Indians on the east coast, but but they, you know, um, Bunker Hill Winery down, you know, just south of us here, they say it's an mm -hmm. Indian spirit, Indian spirits that haunt them. They think it's those Seminole Indians that, that haunt them. Wow. But uh, they said that the uh, pet cemetery, they actually have a pet cemetery that they've accumulated over the years, and they said the headstones have been rearranged, and, you know, they have to carry their keys because the door's locked behind them. And, and uh, they have a ghost walk every Saturday night where they – Everybody comes to the winery, and then they go for a ghost walk for an hour out. And people have actually seen spirits on the ghost walk. Different ones have seen spirits and all that. So, yeah, they're out there. You know, all of you, all of you listeners, get yourself a glass of wine or a bottle of wine and find yourself <laughs> a, a haunted area and sit there and yeah. 
because it's just it's cool. It's just it's cool stuff. It is. Well, I got to tell you about the distillery. Yes, yes, definitely. I worked at Old Forester in Louisville, downtown oh, Louisville. Yeah, yeah, Old Forester. And yeah. have you been there? No, yeah, oh, I wonderful. have. Uh, it's, it's, a few years ago, we did a quick tour through it. Now, yeah. it's so cool. Well, we are back in the old home place, which uh, is where it started uh, back in the late 1800s. So mm-hmm. this year, uh, celebrating the 150th year and the anniversary. Of course, it's the home of the first bottle bourbon. And so come September, we would have had all of this fantastic stuff happening, which we didn't have happen now. But <laughs> the founder was, yeah, I am really disappointed about it. Yeah, I can imagine. All the cool stuff that was coming. Yeah. The founder was 24 years old. Um, George Garvin Brown was his name. He was a pharmaceutical salesman, which means he was selling alcohol as a base for medicinal purposes. Right. And okay. He yeah. <laughs> he named it after his friend, who was Dr. William Forrester. So the business took off, and in 1882 he relocated it to 117 Main Street. So 136 years later, Brown Foreman, which became the parent company, opened this multi-million-dollar modern distillery showplace. I mean, it is stunning. Oh, and I worked wow. there for the two years it was open. And I, along with some other employees, have seen and had some paranormal encounters. Uh, uh, a lot of people will tell you about seeing an older man, who many think is George, uh, wandering the hallways. Up. And so he's kind of shadowy, seen mainly on the fourth floor, which is where the executive offices are located today. Back in the 18 and the early 1900s, it's where the bottling line was. So uh-huh. he may be up there, you know, checking out what's going on. Be sure now, right. Others have seen it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> An older man dressed in work clothing. So he stands at the door that leads to the um, barrel warehouse. And we had a security guard who came face to face with him at the glass door. And mm-hmm. the old man turned around and started down the walkway. And when the security guard went in, he rounded the corner. And when the security guard got to the corner, he was gone. <laughs> We've had apparitions of women who float through walls. Uh, oh. You will hear footsteps behind you, and no one is there. Uh, we have um, a male figure. Uh, he's been seen in the bar, and he's been seen on the fourth floor in an executive's office both times. He's taking swigs from an unopened bottle of whiskey. Oh! I am hoping is a little forester. Nobody told yeah, me what the label was. But he's he's um he's imbibing um the the spirits. And then we had a security guard who came in one morning and was making his rounds before anybody got there. And he said he heard footsteps uh, on the wooden floor. All of our wood is um repurposed from other locations. Oh, and he good. heard footsteps on him behind, you know, when he was in the bar. And when he looked, no one was there. So <laughs> he proceeded to the lobby. And when he walked the counter, he said someone slammed like their fist down on the counter next to him. Oh. And there's no one there. So uh, I was talking to my friend, Jenny Kyler. She's a tour guide. And I was saying, what stories do you know? 
And she told me she was leading a tasting in uh, the African room. And one of her guests, a woman, felt someone tapping her on the shoulder. <laughs> and Jenny said, of course, she's facing the group. There was no one by the woman. But she <laughs> insisted someone was tapping on the shoulder trying to get her attention. Now, security has seen shadows, uh, basically, you know, the shadowy figures moving right. around in the fourth floor conference room. It's usually two or three in the morning when the alarm goes off. And they have oh, wow. to go up and they have to check. Every single time, no one is up no one. there and everything is secure. But they have caught wispy images on the security tape. Oh, wow. Now, I was in the fourth floor conference room right after we opened. Uh, and I had like a traumatic incident. I was seated at the conference table with several other people. And we were going to have a meeting. And I was reaching down to adjust my chair height when my chair sprang up and it caught my right hand between the chair arm and the bottom of the table, which had a piece of metal and a friend had to help me get my hand loose and it turned purple and it swelled up. They had to take me to urgent care. It was bad. And they x-rayed it and they determined that I did not have any broken bones, but I had a substantial bone bruise. And at the time, you know, I'm a new person with all these new people. I didn't tell them I had not touched the chair lever. (laughs) I was like, I don't think I want to do that. And then I find out later about the ghost stories. It's like, maybe I don't know if that was George or somebody else, but maybe that that was before I got my hand on it. Maybe that was a relative of the one with the big feet, and they were just passing it on. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I insulted anybody at that one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I, had, um, I was getting ready for, for Roots Tech, and I had a presentation. So I got there early. I went up to the fourth floor because nobody's up there. And I was walking the hallway going over the presentation. And I heard a door close behind me and I'm up there by myself. So I'm picking up my stuff. And as I'm gathering it up, something brushed past my hair. So <laughs> I'm taking my stuff to the elevator and the elevator door comes up and it opens and uh, the custodian got off. And, you know, I made a really flippant comment. I said, well, it's really lively up here this morning. And he stopped me and he said, what do you mean? And I said, Something just touched my hair and a door just closed. And he said, I've seen some things up here and I don't like it. And I thought, (laughs) you're probably going to see some more. I went down to the lobby and I was there about 10 minutes and he came down. And, you know, I made a comment about, well, that was some really fast work. And he said, you'd be surprised how fast I can clean when I don't want to be somewhere. (laughs) He stayed one more month and he left. And that was it. Yeah, cleaning staff have seen orbs in the conference room, shadow people, you are watched by someone. You know, and it's that, well, is George keeping an eye on his distillery? Well, maybe. But it's part of finding out the history of the place. Because the building was built in 1857. So when it was first built, it was owned by a doctor named Galt, and he put his mansion there. And his mansion became the Galt Hotel. And that's wow. Abraham Lincoln stayed there. Grant stayed there. Dickens stayed there. 
Wow. Uh, that was actually where Grant and William T. Sherman planned Sherman's March to the Sea for the Civil War. Hmm. Uh, Jefferson Davis is said to have shot a Union general there, killing him. <laughs> and then that hotel burned in 1865, so they rebuilt it farther down the block. Then the area became known as Whiskey Row in the late 1800s. But by the mid-1970s, or excuse me, by, good Lord, by the mid-1870s, we had 19 distilleries on Whiskey Row, and by 1910, wow. we had 89. So wow. it was a very, very booming location. And then everything kind of, you know, the 50s, the 60s, everything started just declining downtown. People didn't want to be downtown anymore. So downtown Louisville really went into uh, a spiral. And then they had people discover the tunnels under Louisville that had been put there during Prohibition so that you could go to the different speakeasies and escape if the cops showed up. Mm -hmm. So where Old Forester is located in the 70s through the 90s, then in 2012, when workmen were starting to rebuild Whiskey Row, they discovered there was a secret panel in the building. They opened it. They went down the staircase. It went down two levels below Main Street, and they found an abandoned sex club. <laughs> now, the club had – I'm not kidding. They had the pictures in the paper. Uh, it had oh. the sadistic murals, mattresses, candles, S&M torture <laughs> chambers, the whole thing. And the tunnels were connecting next to the the business next to us, which is a Duluth now. It also had a business like that under it. So you have to wonder on the paranormal, how much is from the Prohibition era? How much is from when George Garvin Brown started the business? And how much deals with the vice that was hidden down in the cellars? That's you know, right. This is a prime location for paranormal investigation wow. groups to come in and and do some digging. I'd love to know what they found out. Because yeah, we have the strangest things. Wow, I did. <laughs> sex clubs in there. That's just so weird. <laughs> I, can I pick a place to work? I mean, really. Yeah, really. That's Haunted a, and scandals, yes. All, yeah, all, all wrapped up in one little bundle there. Jeez. Have they built, well, you know, I guess spirits don't care if you build a new building or not or if you update or whatever you do they're going to hang around anyway in that basic area so it doesn't make any difference that could be why they're mad because it used to be open field or whatever and then we covered it up with this in their opinion big ugly building that has taken away nature yeah. so you know I... yeah, when you do renovation is when you really start to have problems oh yeah and it just seems like it disrupts you know, you're you're changing what they knew, and they yeah. don't necessarily go with what you've changed. But you know, they've seen apparitions that are just half-bodied because their floor level isn't where the new floor level is. Uh-huh. So you don't see the whole thing. But yeah, that that really really stirs spirits up when you start renovating. That is not a good thing. Ah, that's right. Well, let's see, Belvoir Winery, 
uh, that one in Liberty has never been renovated. It's just it's the same old building over and over for the years and all these different things there. Although they're tearing down, they, they're supposed to have torn down one part of it because it was becoming so dilapidated that they, they had to. And uh, wow. that's that's when Ghostbusters went in there, or Paranormal, whatever it's called. I, I, right, right. Ghost, Ghost Hunters, Hunt- yeah. Ghost Hunters, yeah. yeah. Ghost that's, Hunters, that, yes. Yeah, that's when Ghost Hunters went in there, and that was a building that they were searching through, and that's where they found all sorts of paranormal activity in that building. And, you know, it could be unrest because they knew they were going to be losing their their home. You know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, we yeah hard enough to try to figure out my wife, let alone try to figure out ghosts. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, you know, beyond me. <laughs> Mike, anything you uh, you want to talk to Joy about? Uh, I was going to bring this up earlier because you had talked about uh, when you started your uh, genealogy in 2004, I think. Um, how far yes. back were you able to go? How, how how far? I mean, you said you talked about your fourth, was it fourth uh, right. grandfather, grandmother? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. How far um, back? On one branch, I have actually gotten back to 960. And um, on on mm-hmm. one branch, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's wow. it's like these people just they were prolific and they left me a trail. <laughs> it was really wow. yeah, my mother-in-law ha- keeps hitting brick walls and I'm like, "Ooh, okay, I don't want to talk about that." <laughs> Cuz I got this one that just went whoop straight back. Oh, wow. Straight back. But you know, and then I've got the other line that I've I've got um my maternal grandmother um, and there's so many different names in, in each group, but there's oh, yeah. one group that the 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 last name is France, and they just kind of dead ended after a great great grandfather. And I was I was giving a, a talk one day at a genealogy society in Southern Indiana, and when I was done, you know, I always mention that's the name I'm looking for, and a guy came up and he said, "You need to look at Warwick County," and I said, "Really?" and he said. Yeah, their name was French, and they changed it changed it to France. So if you go and you start looking, you'll start finding them. And I thought, oh, I never even thought about that. But cool. for some reason, you know, they changed, which I should have. My my husband has a grandfather that he and his brother did not have a, a great relationship. So one added an E to their name, at which you don't necessarily assume they're the same names. And so there's a whole lot of family there that he didn't know of that his mother started finding because they went farther back and, and saw what happened. Yeah. So they can change their spellings and their pronunciations and just shorten the name or lengthen the name. They do all kinds of stuff. And we probably will never know what made them do that. Yeah. My sister's really big into genealogy. She traced uh, uh, my father's side, my side of the, uh, you know the the hunt side of the lineage back to mm-hmm. fourteen something, uh, you cool. know, way 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 back uh, in over in Europe and stuff, and all sorts of different things. And she said that too. She said, you know, the the spelling will switch or something. But she'll get an email from somebody she's never heard of and never known before, and they say, I understand you're looking for this, and she'll email them back and say yes, and she goes well, and then send them a whole 
bunch of pages of information on it and all that. So all of you genealogy people are just like, you know, crazy close to everybody else about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we always want to know, you know, what are you related to me? How? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I was at the winery one day and lady came in and uh, I found out her last name was Hunt and I said, Are you are you the Iowa hunts or are you the Pennsylvania hunts? And she says, Pennsylvania. She said, my family. I said, really? I said, uh, uh, do you know anything else? She goes, yeah, they moved to Iowa. And so we were related one way or the other. We had to have been cousins or something. We just, you know, we didn't have enough information to really put it all together. Yeah. But we knew that because of where the families were from and all that, we had to be related. So it's, uh, it's odd stuff. It really is going on. It's there. cool. Yeah, it, it is. It really yeah. is. You know, I uh, I love to get my sister finds something new and says, "Oh, she says I got to share this with you." We, I am sons of the revolution. Who chase it back to being sons yeah. and daughters of the revolution and and civil war and we one branch we had officers, the other branch we had you know just lowly privates and you know it's just it's all fun it's just it's fun stuff yeah. it is it really is so i'm sorry book, mike um, yeah. your, your book on uh well i found it on amazon and and like you said it's in uh, other in bookstores and and you can find it in other places so uh to the uh, listeners out there definitely uh, check it out uh you're interested in your family tree um and, and going back and finding your ancestors and information it's the family tree cemetery field guide and it's how to mm-hmm. find record and preserve your ancestors graves um and there's uh, four chapters i found in here uh, planning your trip to the cemetery uh, all about that the whys and and you know finding your ancestors graves uh researching on hallowed ground uh, research strategies, things like that, reading headstones, which is interesting. Um, making sense of your research is another chapter or part, I guess. And um, you cover, you know, what to do next and that kind of thing and recording it. And then digging deeper, no pun intended, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had fun, Ryan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Digging deeper, uh, or encouraged, but um, uh, preserving cemeteries, and I think that's really important too, because uh, there's there's a, a lot of history and a lot of, uh, I mean, these cemeteries can go way back, way back, and you know you don't want to damage anything or, or you know do something stupid in, in a cemetery. Preserve it and keep it in in its uh, you know peaceful and natural way that it was meant to be. And uh, there, there's information on that, the do's and don'ts, and uh, there's uh, a good read. So, you know, definitely uh, check it out. And um, looking at a couple of sample pages here just to, to uh, check, you know, see, what, see what's in it. It's definitely a, a worthwhile uh, guide and something you keep with you and, and learn a lot from. Uh, so I just wanted to make, make mention of that. And uh, uh, very good. Uh, is this going to be – I mean, you're going to continue – maybe with another writing or something or, or, or anything that you're, you're close to working on? I am looking at uh, doing like a book on symbols and um, fraternal organizations, that kind of, you know, because you see the stones and they have these letters and you're thinking, well, I, I don't know what that means. You know, like 
like Ron said, uh, SAR, you know, it's, it's Sons of the American Revolution. And if you don't know that, you're just looking at it going, well, what does it mean he was SAR? I don't understand. Yep. So if I can put something together where people can take it with them, flip yep. open and see what that means, it will make the visit to the cemetery make more sense. And then they can expand on that when they're doing their research. Well, you don't even have to be doing research to to have something like that to just to enjoy it. I mean, uh, the right. last time a conversation you and Mike had, you were talking about the symbols and the shapes of the cemeteries and or the headstones and all that stuff. And the, the, you know, the world is, is one, and I didn't know what they were about or, or what you know what the woodman of the world was. And you know, you, yeah. you can check on that, and it was it was interesting. I mean, you don't. And uh, you know, a guide going into it would be uh, very helpful. So yeah, that's a that's another good in the future <laughs> something to look forward yeah. to. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot out there. Um, and, yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. A lot of good stuff. Yeah. What do they? Do? Um, yeah, that's a lot of one to bring up. But very very. Yeah, it's, it's sounds like a well worth it book. I mean, and even. If you're not doing genealogy and you just want some information on it, and if you're, you know, you have a local cemetery or something like that, that you want to look at this and say, well, what does that mean? Was this all stand for and all that? That book sounds like it could just help you enjoy your local cemetery and not be so frightened of it. You know, I mean, let's face it. We've talked about all these spirits and everything that don't hang out around Cemeteries, they hang out in buildings and houses and everywhere else. So, yeah. <laughs> except for the one with the big T. And yeah, is that the what? Oh yeah, the one. <laughs> except for the one with or, the big feet, and there's yeah, yeah that was still the there feet. some yeah. some reason. Yeah, well, the dining you, room. Yeah, <laughs> dining room, all that's after you there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I learned my lesson. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, well, Joy, any last thoughts, any last thing? I, I have to say, I don't want to wait two years to get you back, or three years. I'd like to see you, like to see, you know, come back again next October, because you're, you, you are our, our spooky guest. You know, and uh, no, no disrespect. October is just, my month. I do all yeah. kinds of things in October. Yeah, uh, yeah it sounds like. So it. yeah, I mean, put me down. That's great. Well, we'll plan on, we'll plan on a year from now to have you back on, and we'll see what other stories we can come up with and other things we can talk about at that time. And uh, you know, I want to try getting some of those other wineries that we had, maybe as a a one big show type of thing. Um, I don't yeah. know if we'll uh, get into that. Maybe uh, yeah, that, have Bunker yeah, Hill and Bunker and Joy on the day. Yeah. I won't sleep for a week. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right like i said it turned the lights on just to hear the opening that you made there so yeah yeah uh, i hear that <laughs> so, so uh, thank you joy for taking time out to visit with us we really do appreciate it and we look forward to it uh, both Mike and I said, "Oh, we're going to have Joy on with us." Uh, so we both were looking forward to it, and uh, uh, always enjoyable. Your stories are 
always fascinating and hope people enjoyed them as much as we do. And if you decide to do some research, may I suggest a topic of why we have the split of the type of ghost between the East and the West. That still fascinates me. I don't know. Something about that. that I just I'll can't let go. into that. That is cool. Yeah, I can't let that go. That's just something that just is, is caught my curiosity and I can't just let it escape. So, so yeah. Thank you. Everyone uh go on, Mike. Everyone out there. All right, guys, thanks Sorry. so much. It's fun. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right, thank you. And yeah, I was just going to mention the book again uh, for people out there just to go out to uh Amazon at least and uh, check out your bookstores, but you can get the hardcover and the Kindle version on Amazon for sure. And uh, while you're at for it, the family tree field guide. Yep. And while you're at yeah. it, check out Jim uh, Lachlan's uh books also. They're yep. available there too. So um, you can do that. So you just you know, satisfy a whole bunch of needs in one trip. Thank you, Joy. Right. Appreciate it. We'll Very cool. talk All right, guys. Thank you. Talk Happy you Halloween. Happy Halloween. You too. Bye bye. Thank you. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good show. Yeah, that, that was fun. She's always she's always a great guest. He's, he really is always mm-hmm. an enjoyable guest and always yeah. has fun stories and all that stuff. So so we'll look forward to her next year again. So um, we'll get her get her booked up and I won't won't forget this time. It really I think it's three years since we've last talked to her. I think we missed her for two years. I think it was three years ago. So yeah, that's wow. been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. <clears throat> Yep. Um, all right. We don't have a guest for next week that I know of. It's I don't uh, November fifth. I was going to yeah. ask you if we do, and so obviously you don't no. know. So, uh, November twelfth and November nineteenth would be the next ones, I believe. So yeah, that's I think what I have so. Recorded. I don't think we have one on the fifth. So what I will do next week yeah. uh, is I found a nice article on Pinot Noir cloning and the different types and all that. I'll pass that on, plus other information that I haven't had an opportunity to share with you. We've had guests for the last five weeks, I think. So mm-hmm. it'll give me an opportunity to catch up on some news that I want to share with everyone. And uh, so we'll have a, a good informative show next week, as always. And we'll look forward to everyone tuning back in again. And thanks for tuning in tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you to Joy again. It was, it was a, a pleasure for sure. And um, we will always enjoy it. And thank you again. Uh, we'll see you all next week, November the 5th, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook, oh. Mob Crush, Twitch. Public oh. service announcement. Don't forget to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and set your clocks back to 1. Nope. No, it's going to get up at 3 instead of back to 2. Whatever it is, get up in the middle of the night Sunday morning and set your clocks back because yeah. we lose an hour. And only do it one time. Don't set it don't set it more than once. Don't don't do it like eight PM on Saturday and then forget, forget Sunday and go, oh, oh, oh I need to set, set the clock it back. back. Yeah. That's the way. The best yeah. way if you're living in in the present time is to just use a phone <laughs> as your clock. Yes. It does it automatically. And it does it automatically, <laughs> yeah. And just about everything does so it anymore. You Wind up clocks or something, you'll have to do that manually. So there you go. That's right. And your your car. Your cars don't do it automatically. I think you got to set those too. No, they do. 
Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them don't. So, so, um, so, so all right. Well, thanks don't again, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Be safe out there. Have a safe Halloween. It's, you know, don't, uh, yeah, be, be safe all the way around on Halloween. So. Yeah. We'll be on. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash all about wine thank you for listening drink responsibly and we'll see you next time on all about wine and